At Sullivan University's College of Hospitality Studies, you'll study under award-winning instructors in an active, creative environment where world-class chefs are made every day. Our regionally accredited curriculum fosters a strong commitment among faculty and students to excel in every detail. We offer insightful instruction and hands-on culinary experience from day one because when it comes to hospitality, you're here to set the bar, not just reach it. This is my passion. This is my path. This is Sullivan. Sylvia and Chef Jeremy here telling you to grab your crew and head to the Lexington Diner for a great meal for weekend, breakfast, brunch, lunch, or dinner. Yeah, from overstuffed omelets like our hot brown omelet with uh, shaved turkey, ham, and bacon and tomato in there, cheese sauce, Mornay on top, to our award-winning flat-top seared hand-spanked burgers. We serve breakfast all day and night, so from French toast to bacon and eggs or chicken and waffles to shave open-faced ribeyes, sandwiches and southern style meatloaf we've got everybody covered we'll see you at the lexington diner where friends meet www.lexingtondiner.com regionally accredited and named one of the top 20 hospitality schools in the u.s by full service restaurant magazine sullivan university lexington's college of hospitality studies offers students hands-on culinary experience from day one Located in one of the country's most progressive business climates, Sullivan University's Lexington campus is designed to help develop the real-world experience and advanced training you'll need to succeed. Pursue your passion at Sullivan University Lexington. Sylvia and Chef Jeremy here telling you to grab your crew and head to the Lexington Diner for a great meal for weekend, breakfast, brunch, lunch, or dinner. Yeah, from overstuffed omelets like our hot brown omelet with uh, shaved turkey, ham, and bacon and tomato in there, cheese sauce, Mornay on top, to our award-winning flat-top seared hand-spanked burgers. We serve breakfast all day and night, so from French toast to bacon and eggs or chicken and waffles to shave open-faced ribeyes, sandwiches and southern style meatloaf we've got everybody covered we'll see you at the lexington diner where friends meet www.lexingtondiner.com hey chef azure is really hopping these days and i know you know if you look at a year-long perspective you have the patio in the spring summer and fall and those bring different things and different colors but it is a lush wonderful patio mm -hmm. and then i know that you also have chef driven menu using local ingredients as much as possible and that you're well known for that in the world of chefing and restaurant touring but you have perennial favorites that are, that are on the menu tell us about those yeah you know over the 15 years we've been doing local kind of chef driven food we've created some dishes that withstood kind of the the Test menu changes mm -hmm. and people come for every time bourbon fried chicken where we're soaking that chicken and bourbon and buttermilk and Tabasco mm -hmm. sauce for 24 hours and then you know frying that up golden and crispy adding fresh bourbon and cream and butter to a pan and boiling that down to whip into the mashed potatoes that's a killer You're fried chicken me. dish <laughs> woven shrimp has won so many awards and has so many requests I can't even wrap enough of those you know beautiful jumbo shrimp delicately wrapped in crispy buttery phyllo top with our Jeremyville red chili honey sauce which is a uh, really killer lobster crepes little fluffy pillows of lobster cream cheese and chives and lemon juice with tropical guava sauce pimento cheese fritters you just the dishes are, are are there for you and we want you to come and try them whether it's a seasonal menu or some of these old favorites now chef the restaurant is open 
on um, Saturday. It's on open. Tell us the opening and and when yeah, so people can Azura go and a, giving reservations. Tell us about that. Yeah, so Azure has a great lunch Monday through Friday from ten a or sorry eleven a.m. until two thirty p.m. and then dinner opens at five p.m. until ten p.m. We also have brunch on Sundays right. from eleven until two thirty. So killer brunch menu, all those Benedicts that you want: crab cake Benedicts, fillet Benedicts, salmon Benedicts. We got them. Yeah, and all of this can change, but that's pretty much the set times. But stay tuned. I mean, there's always new things coming along as well. And what about reservations? Reservations are recommended on the weekends. Check out AzureRestaurant.com or open table for that or give us a call at 859-296-1007. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Happy New Year. It's Food News and Shoes Radio. Jeremy Ashby, Sylvia Lovely. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're good. We're good. We're ready to start a new year and new, a new, year. new kinds of things happening. And then we've got a great guest coming on. Yeah. Andy Becknell. Good friend Jay of ours. Renders. He's From a good friend. Jay Render's Barbecue, Southern Table. And talking about speakeasies, and mm-hmm. that kind of gets us into some trends. Right. Kind of this experience dining. Experience or. plus. You know, Prohibition created the speakeasy, and that was, you spoke in hushed tones because of it was during Prohibition. Right. But what it's evolved into is a new trend <clears throat> that Chef took off after the pandemic, mm-hmm. kind of communal. It's kind of like communal on crack. You know, I think we had, you know, experienced dining and themed dinners before the pandemic, but it became such a hot ticket because you won. It's the only way you can get together with anybody. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's keep it in our pot of 10 people at one table mm-hmm. and or five feet away. I don't know. I can't even remember all the restrictions now. It was so so when crazy. So you say, like, communal are you mean like communal table a bunch of strangers or well, even people who know each other couches sitting. and you know relaxed looking things now yeah. in some of the bigger cities it'll be interesting to see and i don't know i don't know that much about the speakeasy scene here in town uh-huh. i know the jay renders one but some of them you actually almost like you have to have a secret handshake to get yeah. in you got to go down a hallway oh and, yeah like, you know to make it mysterious kind of like it was in prohibition right my and, favorite way to eat and this is probably not the way to eat in COVID times but i know you've done it at the restaurant probably pre-covid uh-huh. was when you guys you do the theme dinners but it's communal. Everyone sits at a table. Yeah, you the pass seven the dishes. dishes when it right. Was smaller. Yeah. That's a fun. That's a it fun a and fun great thing. way to eat. So I, I'm I'm glad you're the type of person that that kind of likes that because that can that can cause ish, issues in in restaurants. Oh, my wife hates it. Right. My wife. Yeah. Won't yeah. Some like either don't love like or it. Hate. My yeah. wife won't even sit at the counter at Waffle House. Right. I think you better let people know it's going to be that way. Right. Yeah. And you maybe can mix it up because that's I think the thing the modern speakeasy is different from the old yeah, kind, exactly. and it can double as an event space as much as the Jay Renders one does but I thought one of the interesting quotes and somebody who has one talked about what do people do with that well they share memories mm-hmm. stories and memories and they sit on those couches and it's relaxed <clears throat> and they're some really highly high-end cocktails some of them serve that so that you know you get very exotic kinds of things mm-hmm. that you can share with other people so that's kind of something that's a trend um, that's coming on. Can I ask you, do you, I, I know obviously you cook for a living, but do, do you ever have dinner parties at your home? I do. When I, you do, when you have, let's I mean, say, I've had like two. My, my dinner parties are at Azor. <laughs> right. Would I, I love to have people over. And I, I, I like to, we talked about this a little often. I like to invite people who don't necessarily know each other. Oh, that's always fun. Over. Yeah. And I like, for people to uh-huh. not sit next to the people that came with. Oh, yeah. I, I love that when people mix it up. Yeah, because I think that. that's a fun way. But again, way. there are some people that don't like that. Some, be- uh, and some people And you got to be careful. See, I have a hard time with that. Hey, really? Yeah. Hey, Chef, have you heard of this one? 
chicken skins. What? Oh, hell yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> chicken skins. <laughs> well, you don't, you know, as garnish. So, I like some skins. I mean, now, you got to know how to cook them right. Now, you don't, just, you don't just. Isn't that what pork rinds are? Exactly, and, and you know the process is similar. You're gonna need to boil those skins, right? Because you boil pork rinds. Yeah, yeah, and then you're gonna dehydrate and then fry. But uh, honestly, I think you just boil the chicken skin and then do you know fry and after you clean it up good, they come out really, really good. The extra step of the dehydration to make them puff after you fry at high temperature is you know. Not something I see a lot with chicken mm-hmm. skins. Like the chicken chicharron is. is you don't have about. to do that. You don't have to <laughs> render it before. Because, like, it's not that thick, right? It's not like pork skin where it's very right. thick. Right. That's the whole key. Well, no, you're going to have to. I think they taste good, but you're going to have to not tell me they're chicken skins. I, that just sounds Sylvia, so you, strange. All right. Really? Imagine, yeah. like, what's the, what's the best part of some KFC, guys? Right, I know. The skin, the it's skin, the skin right? and the breading. The breading. That's all you're doing. You're just eating the breading and leaving I all know. the chicken behind. So can you make the fried chicken without the actual chicken with just the skin? Well, you yeah. I mean, well, it won't be fried. It'll be fried chicken skin. Well, I've had a big old bowl of them before. Yeah, you want some hot honey or hot sauce to dip that in? (laughs) Oh, dear. Some butter. So that's just when you've given up on life and dieting. That's not... No, you've embraced life and all you should be living. (laughs) You're living your best life. Hey, uh, here's another one. Another trend is Japanese food. Trend. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. What is that... What's what's driving that? Maybe it's lighter than most or not. I don't know. So is I it? feel, and I haven't read what you're looking at, but I have seen a lot of Japanese bakery trending. You yes. know, a lot of the baked Asian. It's more light stuff. Right. Yeah, well, in terms of Japanese food, I felt like we were already there. Uh-huh. You know, we've got... A lot of Japanese, inf- especially in, maybe it's just in our region because of Toyota. Oh, maybe, yeah, but they but say it is. I just felt like we're real well exposed moving, to Japanese. I feel like we're moving beyond sushi. We are. If for a long time, Japanese food was sushi. Yeah, that's right. We're seeing there's, there's more than that. And it's more worldly than that, too. I mean, that West African is coming in. Right. Uh, there's a Honduran restaurant that was profiled that's in Frankfurt. And... Um, you know, I think it's, you know, Filipino tubers. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, what is the, what's driving this? Is it Instagram? Is it social media Probably where, you, you know, people are taking things. food of their dinner and, yeah. you know, the Congolese and then you be I like, oh, the want to eat that. Is, I think in general, the world's just getting smaller. Right. Yeah. We're just able to go places. Yeah. We're able, you know. America is a melting pot. We have yeah. the benefit people, of having people, people love coupons too. The thrill of thrift <laughs> is one. Yeah. Of, uh, people love to feel like you know. That, so they're so that's really interesting. I want to get to some other things, so I don't want to dwell too long on this. But space food, anything that's kind of like moon or you know, and and it's food that remember they've been sending into those spaceships, the international yeah. spaceship stuff. And Sullivan, our sponsor, mm-hmm. actually has been doing some work. In well, because in the beginning. When they first launched the space program, the food was awful. Yeah, it was and, just and awful. our own little Sullivan is being is partaking in. Yeah, some of those and it's gotten better because well, they've they've engaged chefs and obviously mm-hmm. with technology, but they've engaged chefs in making better food. And if you can send it to space, you can also send it around the world. All right, so here's a food question: mm-hmm. What about eating? Christmas trees. Oh, so <laughs> what, what do you mean? We're going to eat Christmas trees. trees now. So there's a book. Uh, I'm not eating Christmas trees. A chef in England wrote a book called How to Eat Your Christmas Tree. And she's an artisan baker who says that people in, across, around the world, we throw away, we harvest around 40 million Christmas oh, trees. Yeah. And they just get thrown away. I've heard of them feeding them to fish. but So turns out that the whole thing, according to her, she says, "Is quote you can pretty much eat the whole thing, and it goes into what you can do. For instance, 
Uh, you can take the uh, the Christmas tree. Uh, what is it? The the um, the not leaves. Where are they? The, well, the little bristles. Yeah, the, the little, little bristles. She says there are great sources of vitamin C. You can actually use them like rosemary or bay leaves. Oh, yes. you can also and spices. Okay. Yeah, you could also take the like the branches and use them to flavor gin or vinegar. She says well, that they knew? that they're that they're great uses flavoring. And I know people have made uh, people forever have made tea out of evergreen sure. leaves and. So she says the wood can be burned to make pine ash, which is also used as okay. flavoring. And she says pretty much the whole thing in, in some way is edible. Well, that feeds into another trend. Regenivores. Are we regenivores? You know what that means? No. No, it's not sustainable anymore because that means just status quo. Regenivores <laughs> are people who are remaking things there and repurposing things. So, so there you go. So have you ever used like a I, she, that, uh, Christmas tree flavor for like gin or vinegars? or? Oh, well, chef. So spruce tips. Yes, that's yeah, that's something tips. that um, that it I smells so good. Right. So that's something that I'm seeing a lot kind of happen in cuisine right now, and I think that's kind of maybe what would you call like a reuse, right? Yeah, of sure. Stuff. So pine, pine, well, that's exactly what they're saying. Pine sap. That's exactly what they're saying. You can use a spruce. Right. And, you know, some people will make. Make it put well, it in gin or vodka and flavor. Maybe Barbara right. Bach can do a Christmas tree cookbook. Absolutely. You know? So it's yeah, spruce tip. I mean, I think you could probably use that in replacement of rosemary. Mm-hmm. You know, you can make syrups yeah. and teas sure. and things like just that. So there's a lot of cool out. stuff. I mean, now, I, know well, I think what is we just haven't struggled enough, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, but right. I also think that every chef knows that you know this reuse stuff is kind of old news to us because whenever we make something, there's always a little bit yeah. left over. Yeah. And let's say it's ten percent, mm-hmm. right? Well, guys, think about this. Let's say you're wanting to run a thirty percent food cost, right? And you don't use ten percent of the last thing, right? You got to kind of repurpose, and things just kind of become yeah, regenivores. That's what you are. Regenivores. For instance, over the uh, over the holiday break, we you know we had family dinners, and I I made a lot of potatoes, and I peeled a lot of potatoes, and I was trying to find something to do with those potato skins, and you know easily th- toss them in the oil, put them in the air fryer, and they're actually really oh, good. Oh, I love potato skins. But what else can you do? What else can I do if I have like a lot of po- I'm peeling potatoes, I got a lot of skins, I don't want to throw them away. What would you do with them to to make sure that they they live a second life, or you can eat them? Potato skins, yeah, yeah, or any kind of skins, but but generally potato skins, I think are probably the most. A lot of people mash their potatoes with the skins mm-hmm. on. True. So that's not something I really use. I mean, I really do use that for compost. I mean, yeah. I mean, but I, yeah. I mean, I guess I'd probably first thing I would do is try to make my own vodka. <laughs> 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 right. I like that idea. Um, you know, uh, beyond that, dehydrating something like that can be used for, you know, yeah. potato flakes or powder <laughs> for crust or maybe okay. to fold into a, you know, if you're gluten free, like potato powder is kind of a useful starch that you can use maybe some crab cakes, you know, crab meat there and mix go. it in there. But I don't have a whole lot for yeah. you on potato skins. Potato but peel. in general, I, you know, you told me a tip. You, you told me something a couple of years ago and I, I kind of did this where you make like a like a food dirt where you take oh, the yeah. skins and the yeah. onion and the, the yeah, and I kind of did explain that cuz you bake them low and slow until they just turn black, to yeah it, it really looks like soil and um you know it basically you're making a, a a very fast version of compost yeah uh but you do it in a way that is thought out to where you you know you want to think about all right there's this much carrot in there and this much onion peel and this much uh garlic peel right and when you dehydrate it, it looks like black soil but a lot of the flavors are preserved so texturally it's kind of like eating dirt but you get the nuances and flavors all that stuff and that sounds weird, but then if you like cook a whole beet and a whole carrot, 
and you bury it in a little bowl in that little soil. It looks kind of right. like you're eating out of a garden, and it's fun. How fun. Right? It's just a neat play. Or you can, you know, it kind of looks like ground uh, coffee on something. Yeah, and black is a very striking color for a plate. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really catches your eye. So well, you don't black, see it very Yeah, you don't right. see it very Black and purple, you know, and red are, 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 per, are, are colors that you just, you don't see a whole lot of purple in nature. You don't see a whole lot of black stuff that you eat. No, so, you don't. Uh, Generally, you're if you're eating food and it's black, somebody screwed up. Probably, yeah. Except That's when you're three years old, like I was, and ate dirt. I wish that my mother would have a plate of dirt on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's this, what's so, called, that's called something. Uh, no, there is a there's it's a disease yeah. where you eat yeah. dirt. Yeah, and clay must have been something like wrong with me. It's lasted Mineral till this day. Deficiency. So, uh, what's going on at Azor though? There was a lot going on. There is a lot going on. So, guys, we're into 2023, and we have basically a new year. We we, re, we always close the first few days, got the place clean, kind of reset, mm-hmm. and now we're in the tone of where do we want to go with 2023. You yeah. know, and I'm kind of here wanting to ask you, the listeners and my co-workers, what do you guys see coming up? What What would you want to see at a place like Azor in 2023? Oh, oh that's a continuation really... of, uh, of delicious food. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not, maybe, I don't know. I don't know that you need to. I've already shared with you I'd like right. to have more small plates. Small plates, yeah. I uh-huh. do like, I like that. I like shareables. Yeah, I like shareables. small plates. Oh, God, this is a really good question. Trends that not only are, are we seeing, but trends that we'd like to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's missing in well, like Well, more of what? your um, chef series dinners. Yeah, we like and those. And I don't know. I know the, the uh, Italian ones were just smashing success. Right. Yeah, I do like ethnicities, ethnic food that we don't get very often. Like Off the air, you mentioned Sri Lankan food. There you go. I don't know a lot about it, and I'd love to try it. You know, West African food, there's not a lot. I'd love to eat a little more. Uh, yeah, Sri Lankan is something that I think we should explore. Um, I, West African is one, I, I think I'll, maybe we should call Sav and see if yeah, he wants to come like hang that. out and show us some stuff. Well, that's just, another g- a great idea is to collaborate. That's that's kind of what I think is the way to go because you know we're we're doing a lot of young new chefs at Azor and we want to mm-hmm. show you know them the right way Maybe from a from from an ethnic or somebody that's very authentic. You know? Yeah, well, Gennaro, remember yeah. Gennaro working with us on the Italian dinners? Exactly, very authentic person. He came from a history of great mm-hmm. Italian food, right? And you stories. You I definitely think you're going to see um, a lot of. Mm, a lot of maybe not meat-centered items. Sure. You know, I mean... I like that. Yeah. You know, I think there there might be more selections in the apps and shareables that are veg... I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to make them necessarily super healthy. Yeah, but, but just... But fun just variations fun on... And I think that most ethnic preparations do that better than Americans. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah, especially with vegetables. Absolutely. I'd love to see... You know what I'd love to see? What? Is I, I would love to see classics... Uh, like for instance we talk about classic french dishes they're they're not methods they're actual recipes and you have to follow them Mm -hmm. to a t like Uh, you know trout like julia child's beef burger yes over the break i watched right i watched a lot of like classic food shows like joel robish and and julia child and i watched a lot of that and i was like this is really good stuff that we got away from after like the eighties. Sure. And oh, maybe a classic dinner. So, but they're really good. Like, so like the, what was it. the great place there on Broadway that everybody said looked like a funeral home? 
Oh, coach house. Carriage the house. coach house. Coach house. Yeah, coach house. I mean, sort of like a coach house thing. Well, you there's know? all these, you know, what is it called? The Great Chef series. Remember yes. that old cooking show? Uh-huh. Great yes, chefs. I love yeah. that. I mean, you could probably do a dinner uh-huh. and have five from of the greatest chefs of all time well, with the most signature recipe. Duck a l'orange. When's the last time yeah. you had a, a classic duck a l'orange? Well, how about, <laughs> <laughs> how about Indian food? How about yes. Indian how food? How about it? Yeah. Lots of people, and there really aren't a lot of places. And I, my kids love, young people love Indian food. I must have several friends in their 30s that are constantly, and, and there must be different regions of India. Sure. It's not all well, one friends, monolithic. A, a new Nepalese restaurant uh, mm-hmm. just opened in, in Lexington over uh, in, on Alexandria Drive. And it, food from Nepal, very similar to food from India, yeah. but it's more mountainous, so mm-hmm. it's a little more hearty. Yeah. And it, it is diff- it's a different cuisine. I can't wait to try that. Like yeah. continents, just, just you could go to ago. continents. Right, the kind of the around the just world. Stay away tour from series. Russia for right now. You yeah. know? <laughs> maybe, maybe it'd be a good idea to do a Ukraine dinner right now. Yeah, Ukraine. Oh, uh-huh. dude, I'm down. I can get down with so some pierogies. We'll do that at the end of January. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Okay, Ukrainian that's it. You know what? It's good, hearty winter food too. It is. Yeah, it really is. A borscht, it really and is. Pierogies. So along with that, guys, you know, we're just kind of ready to get this this year started. Uh, I see a lot of cool trends coming up, but more importantly, I see some normality. I think normality in in you know the foods you're going to buy at the grocery store, the farmers you may have seen at the farmers market, you know the distributors. I just see like this might be the year that we get to level out in our industry, and I'm I'm sounding somber because I think a lot of the world got to restart. Yeah. Back in maybe the beginning of 21, mm-hmm. and that really are. Um, we really have been on a roller coaster since the pandemic. Do you think in moving, our industry. F- moving forward, people will actually want to go back because we want to go back to the way things were before when you mm-hmm. could go out and eat with impunity and not have right. to worry about masks or anything. Maybe that's what we, maybe the, the future is going back a couple of years. Yeah. You just um, wish at some point things could, and it'll never happen <laughs> to get settled. <laughs> oh. We just know too much. The world is so big and it's yes. wonderful that it is, but it also means you know maybe more kind of community yeah. minded you know bringing I, you know maybe the I, old cheers thing is coming back i like it sylvia that would be my goal right now is is i kind of want to give lexington a big hug you know in our mm. neighborhood and our community and our people and our regulars and just spend some time with them this year yeah you know let's just be us and and have some fun together and and you know we've we've gone through a lot let's kind of catch up and make some good food and share yeah, a table I well speaking so. of of uh, comfort <coughs> and comfort food barbecue is one of my favorites mm-hmm. and coming up next we're going to talk to chef andy becknell who is at j render southern table right. and talking about barbecue we're going to talk to barbecue and some other things coming up next food news and choose radio Hey, Chef, Azure is really hopping these days. And I know, you know, if you look at a year-long perspective, you have the patio in the spring, summer, and fall. And those bring different things and different colors, but it is a lush, wonderful patio. Mm -hmm. And then I know that you also have chef-driven menu using local ingredients as much as possible and that you're well known for that in the world of chefing and restaurant touring but you have perennial favorites that are, that are on the menu tell us about those yeah you know over the 15 years we've been doing local kind of chef driven food we've created some dishes that withstood kind of the the Test menu changes mm-hmm. and people come for every time bourbon fried chicken where we're 
soaking that chicken in bourbon and buttermilk and Tabasco mm. sauce for 24 hours. And then, you know, frying that up golden and crispy, adding fresh bourbon and cream and butter to a pan and boiling that down to whip into the mashed potatoes. That's a killer You're fried chicken me. dish. <laughs> Woven shrimp has won so many awards and has so many requests. I can't even wrap enough of those. You know, beautiful jumbo shrimp, delicately wrapped in crispy, buttery phyllo, chopped with our Jeremyville red chili honey sauce, which is uh, really killer. Lobster crepes, little fluffy pillows of lobster, cream cheese, and chives, and lemon juice with tropical guava sauce, pimento cheese fritters. You just The dishes are, are, are there for you, and we want you to come and try them, whether it's a seasonal menu or some of these old favorites. Now, Chef, the restaurant is open on um, Saturday. It's on open. Tell us the opening and, and when yeah, so people can Azor go and a- giving reservations. Tell us about that. Yeah, so Azor has a great lunch Monday through Friday from 10 a or sorry 11 a.m. until 2:30 p.m. and then dinner opens at 5 p.m. until 10 p.m. We also have brunch on Sundays right. from 11 until 2:30. So killer brunch menu, all those Benedicts that you want, crab cake Benedicts, fillet Benedicts, salmon Benedicts, we got them. Yeah, and all of this can change, but that's pretty much the set times. But stay tuned. I mean, there's always new things coming along as well. And what about reservations? Reservations are recommended on the weekends. Check out AzureRestaurant.com or open table for that, or give us a call at 859-296-1007. And we're back. It's Food News and Choose Radio. Thanks for joining us. We're going to talk about uh, a restaurant that we're all fans of and a new concept mm-hmm. that it's doing. Uh, Jay Renders Barbecue, Jay oh, Renders yeah. out oh, in yeah. Palomar. My, my co-grandparents. Oh, co-grandparents yeah. with that. So yeah. you guys are all Ren and intertwined. Gwen. Uh, head chef, executive chef, uh, Andy Becknell is with us. You've been on the show before. Glad to have you back, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to be here. Guys. And, and just relatively new at Jay Renders, right? I am relatively new. I've been there since August. Yeah. So it's been a good transition. Well, wow. Andy, you know, he's got a good pedigree. He got to work with us for a long time. Oh, there you go. Very well loved. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Whatever he brings to the table is going to be awesome, and especially in the past. Oh. And you've done some other projects kind of throughout the past before before Renders, but Renders yeah. is a big project, I think, because well, there's a lot of different operating parts of that business. But i got to tell you, I had some of his food. Mm-hmm. I went to the – it was a drag show, <laughs> as <laughs> fun as you can imagine, uh, Helena Handbasket. <laughs> and we've had Anthony Smallwood on the show before uh, during the Aval Drive. Uh, good show. Yeah. Drag shows, drag lunches are amazing. They're Amazing. It was so fun, but I've got to tell you, the star of the show was Andy and his short ribs. I mean, they melted in your mouth. Nice. Well, they tell me. Well, well, let's just talk food. Tell me about the short ribs, Andy. So I, this time of year, I love braised items, yeah. you know, and short ribs are one of those that just kind of really feeds my soul. Yeah, they'll feed your belly too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That kind of slow cooked one pot comfort food this time of year is is uh, that's you you think like I do. That's what we're like. We wake up thinking about like, okay, what does the day feel like? Mm -hmm. How do I want to serve it up in a bowl or in a plate with a spoon? Does the weather outside really change like (laughs) what you're going to cook? Does it change your attitude? Your what do you cook on a rainy day? Like we had that barrage of rain. Right. So I don't remember exactly, but you know there would be some kind of hearty soup. You know, yeah, soup. I, I don't. It, it goes back to those comfort foods. I don't really. Yeah. I, well, how much planning do you put? I I know, chef. I know a little bit about your planning process. How much planning do you put into, or do you get up in the morning and okay, we're gonna try so this? So I guess it depends on the week or what the event is. If it's an event, I actually go through quite a bit of planning. Um, you know, if I'm doing like a four four or five course meal, it's a lot of 
planning and seeing what's going to flow together, mm-hmm. you know, working with my general manager and seeing what wine pairings we're going to deal with. Uh, weekend specials, it's kind of, I wake up and what I, what I feel like doing. My specials are food that I love to eat. And so, you know, if I'm feeling, you know, comfort food, it's going to be a braised item. If I'm feeling um, more lighthearted, it's going to be more more of a citrusy salad type of thing. Yeah, maybe you know? in the summertime. Yes. Yeah, that would be really good. All right, this might be a dumb question, but when it comes to weather, are there certain things, not just because, you know, braised dishes in winter feel better, are there certain things like, let's say on a rainy day, I don't make blank because it doesn't come out right? Like this weather Yeah, yeah weather does food? science. Oh, you see are they temperamental? Sometimes, mm-hmm. but you know what? There, I don't think there's like any perfect condition. You just got to get in there and yeah, work Yeah, humidity out. maybe, something like that. I mean, humidity, humidity does affect, you know, proofing and certain things. But like I said, you got to, you got to... Uh, you can't just not make yeah you got to get in there and figure it out mm-hmm. so yeah there's there's some temperance there but i think more more of it goes back to like the feel of the day and what you want to react to mm-hmm. especially i mean the chef completely missed the mood too you know like we could sure. feel dark and gloomy You're right and it could be bright and sunshine right. outside and we could just totally you know miss the mark on what people are going for that day but like to change your mood i mean just do the kind of opposites you know sometimes you know, comfort food feels warm and cozy, but you might need an uplift. You may need to go with some citrus and a salad to yeah. kind of liven up the uh-huh. palate and kind of get you moving. Like, hey, you know, I'm a little lighter yeah. on my toast today. You know, sometimes I eat salads for breakfast in the wintertime. Oh, I know. It's kind of weird, right? That but is kind of It really strange. does yeah. keep you lighting your toes. It fills you up kind of, but, you know, not for long. But, yeah. you know, it kind of gives you that little boost of mineral yeah. energy. doesn't bog you down. How do you work with, uh, I know Ren is a meat master. I mean, mm-hmm. he, you know, has been doing it for a long time and did a lot of barbecue. How do you all coordinate? Like, does he cook the meat and then, or do you cook the meat? How so, does that work? Since I've taken over, they're teaching me every aspect of this business. And the first place they started me was in the meat world. So my day starts off, I come in, I'll start breaking down our briskets, I'll break down our pork butts, I'll, you know, our ribs, and I start loading the smoker first thing in the morning. And I've learned all that from okay. Brandon and his techniques. And, you know, we use his spice rubs, we have a brisket rub, we have a pork rub, we have a special rub for our chicken. Um, and we use all that. And that's where we get our day started. You know, then I will start working with my prep crew and seeing how their prep list is going on and see if there's anything I can help guide them on or show them some techniques mm-hmm. that's going to make their life a little bit easier. And then I'll move my way to the front line where I start checking on my line guys, making sure we're all set up, ready for business. And that's where I usually come up with, sometimes I'll do a weekday special. Um, and if I do a weekday special, like <laughs> I call it my 10 minute commute special on my way to work. I'll just kind of just let my brain free flow. And that's usually where I come up with my specials. It's just, it's just raw. Like yeah. you got to be able to improv. Yeah, improv. If uh, Brussels sprouts, there was a great deal on Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to figure out how to use eighty pounds of Brussels sprouts today. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and and that's on the Jay Render side. And we were talking off air the new concept that's out there as well, which is more of a speakeasy private dining concept, right? Yeah, and that's an amazing facility. Um, we can fit about sixty people in there. But it does have a prohibition 1920s speakeasy mm-hmm. feel. Which is kind of casual, but mm-hmm. high-end cocktails. Yes, and, definitely you know, high-end cocktails. Kind of a combo thing. And, you know, the thing about the high-end cocktails, and one of the reasons I was brought in is for my specials. And so this allows me a chance to kind of shine my culinary. Yeah, yeah be creative. Yeah. Like the short ribs that night. So I can do custom menus in our speakeasy. I'll do, you know, I'll match with our general manager. We'll come up with some stuff like that. Also, we can do 
regular menu items. It's just a nice private space to just kind of enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Which by I, the way, the general manager is our good friend Josh Brown, right? That's yeah. And see, I love how connected this group is. Like I know we're like family. This <laughs> group is, you know, we've always been family, and you know, I'm really appreciative of everything. And then when I started Jay Renders, the old GM from Azure was there, so. You know, it's just been a natural progression. Like, the universe has brought all of us back together again, brought us all back together out in Beaumont. You know, mm-hmm. we're one big happy family out there. Mm-hmm. It's all like the universe making us make more good food for Lexington, which I'm all about. You mm-hmm. know, it's like the town's grown a whole lot. Uh, and, you know, back to this private dining speakeasy thing, that's one of the, the biggest trends I'm really seeing kind of focus in after mm-hmm. the pandemic is, is not exactly – you know, elite speakeasies where you can't get in, mm-hmm. but you know, a place where you can get some intimate friends or ten or twenty people and kind of have in a, a private room. Couch I or mean, we we whatever. C- yeah. It's almost like private dining became in the mainstream because that's the only dining you could do for a while. Yeah. It almost became like mm-hmm. the the hot ticket in town. Yeah. Whoever had the small room. Yeah. And now I think people have kind of seen that. Okay, well, I can make a more intimate setting for. It could be a, a kid's baseball team, you sure. know, after a good soccer game or a tournament. Yeah. But, you know, and guys like us, we like it because we can design menus for experience. And chefs from the get-go before the pandemic always wanted the whole experience to be good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, well, the, that's like where the, we're all heading is experiential. Right, right. So whenever we can do a dinner that has a theme, that has a menu that we're in control and we can make it for you, I think things go well. Yeah. People are looking for that because we can wow them. Experience yeah. dining. As a chef, like... Obviously, there are certain things you have to make because people expect them. And if you're making a restaurant, they got to be consistent. You got to make mm-hmm. the same thing over and over. It's like a band that plays the hits. But every once in a while, mm-hmm. you want to play the new stuff. Yes. And I imagine yeah. is that when you're doing the private dining thing, you know, 30 people, intimate dinner party, mm-hmm. that's where you get to have a little fun, right? That's free yeah. for a chef. That's what would would be considered fun. Oh, of yeah. course. And even in the menu planning process, of that is just a blast. But, you know, especially whereas, you know, we're a southern table and a barbecue place, that does give me a chance to really shine. Also, I love I love to shine on the weekends with my specials. Mm-hmm. Right now, I've kind of been playing around with a, I call it like a, a southern mix, kind of like a Tex-Mex mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a ancho chili brisket hot brown a while oh, ago. <laughs> how interesting. So I made an ancho chili mornay sauce. I did pico de gallo on it. <clears throat> I used our brisket. And Texas toast, just, you know, for the bread. Kind of our version of a hot brown, kind of like a South meets the Mexican. Well, as the world gets smaller, Fine. I mean, it started with Korean tacos, right? Mm-hmm. And as the world gets smaller, food's going to have to, like, having that, that sounds like a natural progression. Like, having a brisket on a hot brown sounds amazing. Yeah, like having brisket well, on a pizza. I mean, right. you know, people are getting creative. He's thinking as he should. He's doing his job as a chef, and it's a killer dish. But what's cool is it sells now. Mm-hmm. Like before, yeah. I don't know, the year 2000, that, you know, you couldn't get away with much but meat and potatoes. Or you, if you stuck, if you're an Italian, you want to do Italian, you go to an Italian restaurant. Chinese, Chinese. Mm-hmm. And now, now it's fusion. You know, Food Coming Network, together. the mm-hmm. big insurgence of trained chefs and independent restaurants. You get a lot of blends of ethnicities because we're all looking for that next trend. Like right now, like Sri Lankan food and some of this ethnic oh, stuff yeah. is really popping out. Whenever Honduran kinda, food in Frankfurt. Whenever we can yeah. take those little influences mm-hmm. and sprinkle it on our stuff to, to give you a taste, get you familiar, that's when magic starts to happen. I think that's Because once gonna, you guys know what yeah. certain things are, then you see more of it's it. It's really going to open up and, yeah. and see more of it as, the, as we continue to emerge from mm-hmm. the pandemic. What's your favorite thing to cook? What's your favorite go-to dish? Um, I love chicken and dumplings. 
Nice. Oh, I was originally yeah. born in southeastern Kentucky in a place called Clay County. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Slick them downs or drop dumplings? Oh, slick them down. Okay. Good. What does that mean? Sure, just want to make sure he's legit. Please, please, please. Explain the difference. Explain the difference. Okay, well. If you, uh, around slick here in this down. region, slick them down is where, you know, your granny said boil the old hen and then take the, the hen out of the stock and then you get two fistfuls of flour and a walnut of shortening <laughs> and then you add a little bit of the broth on that hen and roll out your dumplings into strips and tear them over the pot of boiling stock and then you add the meat back in, you've got chicken and dumplings. Flavored with salt and pepper, there ain't a vegetable in this thing. Mm-mm. Now, drop dumplings are the same thing, except for people just use canned biscuit dough okay. or like a dough that has a leavening agent, such as, you know, baking okay. soda, baking powder. And it makes the dumplings kind of puffed, usually round and kind of ob-shaped. I like them both, but my granny, and around here, we ate slick them downs. Slick them downs. So slick them downs would be almost considered like a, a, like a very like a dense noodle. Mm-hmm. Is it it's kind of a fair statement? Yeah, I mean, you you know, you've seen those old-fashioned noodles in a bag, you know? Yeah. They're not like quite egg noodles, but they're, yeah, I mean, this is they're just dense. broth, flour, they're and shortening. They're a noodle that doesn't mess around. Yeah, it doesn't, it's just kind of, it's just kind of <laughs> floppy dough, and it's delicious. Who doesn't want a big bowl of that? Well, yeah. So uh, the secret to my chicken dumplings, though, is I found out that pork rinds on top just make this dish absolutely right yeah i can because it needs a texture right it does and then you get and they're crunchy and then it's another animal that they played with on the farm so it's just a natural marriage right because pigs and chickens go together (laughs) (laughs) not a problem oh you too if it goes together if it grows together it goes together i I prefer the end product and not think about them playing (laughs) together (laughs) no and i think did you didn't you do smoke chicken and dumplings at one point in time that's good too did you smoke flour or the chicken I actually smoked the biscuits. Yeah, okay. Smoked biscuits. Yeah, that's awesome. See, I like that. That's kind of fun because when you talk about smoking flowers and doughs like that, it really permeates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about like chicken pot pie? I've seen it now with biscuits on top of it. Which is the better the crust? Cut, I, I'm not mad at it. It's kind of lazy. But I mean, yeah. I think a pie crust is, is going to be kind of what you like the buttery flaky pie crust See, i think I love is a good, good puff pastry on top you like puff pastry and that's it's good that's a laminated a, dough a it's got tons of pie. butter in okay. there see i grew up with I the bisquick pie. chicken pot pie which I is probably what you're talking about yeah. it's mom made or, or jiffy where it's almost yeah, like a, use, yeah it's almost like a biscuit on top yeah i saw yeah, a recipe I, for that i think they're all good sylvia I know. Are. But yeah, there's something about, you know, when you say, I made homemade chicken pot pie, you know. Yeah, and you like I to made think the of the crust. crust. Yeah, right? that you make then the crust. Then it, it kind of, you get to brag. It takes you to a whole other level. And then all those little bits of, like, dough that are left over, you get to make them into flowers and stuff and put them on the crust, and it looks oh, so fun. wonderful. <laughs> so how much do you participate in the catering business? Are you uh, Quite a bit. So I oversee everything when it comes to that. I'm actually in the production side of putting our meals together, making sure our quantities are correct, uh, making sure everything gets out the door. So from start to finish, minus answering the phone and you know actually taking the order, I'm pretty much involved with most of it. Okay. What is it, so going from, uh, not necessarily just fine dining, but going from a, a more uh, traditional culinary background restaurant to going to a, a restaurant face that, that is known for barbecue, how do you, what do you have to, what changes in, uh, what have you learned in the barbecue world? Because the barbecue world, barbecuing is completely different right. than traditional uh, kitchen cooking, right? So here's the secret. <clears throat> My passion is barbecue. Always has been. And Jeremy, really? knows, Jeremy knows this. Like he's had some, some of mine from back in the day. 
So when this opportunity came about, it was a natural fit. Like, yes, I'm classically trained and I can cook some amazing dishes with butter and flour and bacon and, you know, all that good stuff. Traditional, really good right, stuff. Traditional, yeah. good stuff. But my passion, again, is anything that's slow and low. And barbecue just is that you have to have love put into barbecue for it to come out correctly. And, you know, I've always said if you love the food, the food will love you. And barbecue is like quintessential food. It's you know, patience. It is. You can't rush it. It's not going to rush. It's going to cook in its own. And every mm. brisket cooks differently. It does. And, you know, and it's also stoking the fire and, you know, watching how the flames are, watching where the smoke's going. And There's a romance behind the it, whole it really process. Is. I'm, th- I don't know of any other breed of person other than bakers that will dedicate as much time yeah, and physical and mental health to cooking and barbecue pit masters and ba- the bakers and barbecue pit masters. They're, those guys are just enigmas because they'll literally like crawl in the smoker with the meat yeah. for several hours just and stay up sure all night to, to tend yeah. to that fire. To also, there's almost, it. there's got to be kind of a loner mentality. To, like Bakers like to bake at night when everyone's gone. Mm-hmm. They get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and they start baking and it's quiet and they do their thing. Again, barbecue is a lot of, you have a lot of solo time, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of time to sit and think and maybe have a couple beers or something. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And kind start of working on those hang sides. out with the meat. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, so uh, tell me more about like the speakeasy. You got some, some theme dinners coming up for 2023, special events. Where do you guys want to go with this? So for the next three months, we have events coming up. We have something on the 22nd. We're going to do a Lobster Newberg. With that, we're doing some great wine pairings with that. Josh has some great wines coming in. Um, in March, we're looking to do a Sazerac theme. You know, it's Mardi Gras, it's New yeah. Orleans, yeah, it's yeah. <clears throat> right Cajun Creole foods. Yeah, yeah. That's and again, good. that's another one of those slow and low things, like to make a great right, gumbo, gumbo or and all that. You have to really take your time mm-hmm. on make love to it, like risotto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, the final product will will let you know. Then in April, we're going to um, do some St. Patty stuff. I have a shepherd's pie with purple potatoes and cream leek that's just out of this world that'll, be, that'll look cool too with the purple potato mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. i love playing with purple potatoes yeah, fun. i love hearing people say oh are these potatoes died no actually they came like this from <laughs> from peru hey the tuber of the year coming up is a purple yam from the philippines okay. is that the okinawa sweet potato or they have well there's different names for purple it. yam purple yam okay it's a, it's i'm sorry did you just say tuber of the year <laughs> yeah thing? Is that like a thing i actually word? have that poster <laughs> or it's like a, no it's a calendar Right. Does it fold out? Tuber, like of, tuber of the year, the, the centerfold yeah. tuber. <laughs> That's right. Look at the Yukon Golds on that one. <laughs> I'm gonna get my hands on that. I need to rusted that potato. So, so what is? What's it like? What is? What is the, the, the? What is the? What do you call it? The Filipino? Yeah, it's from the Philippines. A purple and, yam. Are we, are we, Which is oh, not a sweet potato, right? Yeah, yams and so, so as I understand it, you yeah, probably they're different. Yams, what we call yams, are actually not yams, right? Or my well, we, we call, call sweet, sweet potatoes, potatoes yams, are not but they're sweet not potatoes. technically correct. So but they look what? alike. Well, I mean, well, what's the, the thing? I eat the sweet potato. You probably eat a lot of yams and think they're sweet potatoes. What's the, the thing? You know, the crooked I eat? little ones that are skinny and uh, like have little. They're like pointy. Yeah, those are the sweet potatoes, and the big fat ones are yams. The, what, what are the things at the grocery store that they, you know, on, on Thanksgiving they make thirty nine cents a pound, and they got tons of them. That's yams. Yams. Yeah, mm. those are actual yams. Those no. aren't sweet potatoes. They're, They're not, not sweet. sweet. The sweet potatoes are the the smaller ones that are kind of, you know, crooked at the end and pointy, and they're much 
It's a different flavor than what's, the yam. What's the, the difference? Kind of like watered. Well, down are they all? Oh, because I love, I love whatever yeah. it is. I love sweet I'll potatoes. Bake them. Yeah, they're good. I mean, uh, what I, I, I guess here's my thing: if I have yams and I try to roast them or bake them, sweet yeah. potatoes you can boil or whatever. You know, there's more yeah. meat, more meat, and you know, just but the yams like meatier, but just kind of half flavored. Yeah. yeah, like the thing you get, you know, if you go to like the big chain restaurants where you throw the peanuts on the floor and they come baked with the cinnamon and sugar on top, those are actual yams, not sweet potatoes. Probably yams, yeah. Wow. Mm. Wow. Wow. I could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're buying. I haven't eaten them, uh, eaten there in a while, so. I can't imagine they're, they're you're getting the expensive Filipino yams. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not the only ones. They're not the yeah. only tubers coming. Well, hey, um, we'll, we'll talk more about tuber a year. Don't don't you know, don't go all in so fast. We got about a minute left. I just want to talk to uh, yeah. about yeah. J Renders and the new concept of J Renders, the private dining facility that's yeah. there too. If you want to make reservations or see specials, where do people go to find you guys? Uh, you can go to our website. You can reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, you can call the restaurant. Any one of those places can put you in yeah. touch with uh Andy, Andy Becknell, the new chef at uh, And check out Facebook for those specials, too. You yes. guys typically will post those on social media yeah. leading up to it, so you have a chance yeah. to come and see it. You know, I'm fortunate we have a great social media team, so please follow us on Jay Renders uh, Facebook. Again, specials will be listed every week, and they change. Also, we list our private dining events coming up, so the event that we have in January, we're going to list details of that, how you can get involved, and also how you can rent the room out. Great. It's okay. like throwing a dinner party for your friends, but you don't have to clean up or cook. There you go. That's like right. Nice. Yeah. We do all, all the hard work for you. Yeah. I kind of like okay. that. All right. Andy Becknell, Jay Renders, thank you so thank much. Thank you, man. Andy. Guys, thank you all so much. Oh, great talking to you. Back in a moment, Food News and Choose Radio.